Welcome to the Hoops and Huddle podcast. I am Malika Walker, and we are joined by Sean with the W of New York Films, New York Knicks Film School. That's what you're, that's what you're doing now, right? Knicks Film School, yeah, Knicks that works. School. And I'm um, excited. We are at our New York Knicks um, off-season episode. Um, it's funny in New York, you know, Brooklyn Nets fans, we were feeling pretty high the last few years. We had KD, we had Kyrie, and Sean was the one that, you know, was like, oh, the house is going to come burning down at some point. Well, it happened last season, and the Knicks, um, even though the fans always believe they were the kings of New York, that hasn't changed. They really are now, because we're uh, we're not rebuilding, we're retooling, and the Knicks are still selling out like nothing happened, and they are... Um, the more stable franchise. So, um, who would have thought? <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, yes, you know, June 30th, 2019 was a uh, was a interesting day. Um, and I remember, listen, I don't hate the Nets. I know there are a lot of Knicks fans <laughs> that hate the Nets. I don't because, and I say this in all as respect. I say this respectfully, like the nets have don't have anything i want like it's not like the nets have had like this you know decades of success you know like the you know like the 90s bulls or the lakers or the celtics so like while that day was annoying it was like well you know we'll see what happens and you know four years later here we are um both teams are. are yeah both teams are in the nets are in the best possible position um, considering the circumstances yeah. and the Knicks uh, continue to take baby steps, which many fans, many in the fan base have begged this team to do and to not make the quick fix and, yeah. you know, yeah. skip steps or what have you. So, you know, we're in a good, we're in a good place. I know a lot of people on Twitter aren't used to seeing the Knicks actually being a, a, a solid, well-run basketball team, but here we are. Yeah, and that's, you know, with one my thing is with our owner, Josiah, um, I just, I mean, we'll see what happens with this growth. I do like who we have, but this is a, I do like where we, what we have, but we'll see. I'm not a, let's move on and talk about the next and not go down. <laughs> what I'm happy and not happy about regarding the Nets. Um, with the Knicks, of course, your owner is still James Dolan. Um, I got a feeling it's always going to be James, a, a Dolan, um, a member of the Dolan family. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on your owner now? Is he still hands off? Like, what are your, what are your thoughts? Um, so I'm glad we started here because while James Dolan has the, the James Dolan era at Madison Square Garden, for the most part, has been how can I put it kindly? Not good. And there have been a there have been mishaps and missteps and four teams. And you know, it's funny for Nick's film school, my colleagues just they just did an episode uh where they what they they, dra- they had a draft, they drafted the worst losses of the 20th of the 21st century. And Jonathan Macri shout out to him. He shouted out uh one of his his first pick was um 
you may not remember this. Most only probably Knicks fans who are slightly older remember this, but in 2009, the Knicks uh, heralded, they promoted what they called Dream Week. And Dream Week was we played the Lakers on a Monday, the the Kobe's Lakers on a Monday, uh, defending Western Conference champion Lakers on a Monday, uh, LeBron and the Cavs on Wednesday, and the defending NBA champion Boston Celtics on a Friday. And that was the game. And that Monday, Kobe scored 61 points. Um, the Wednesday game, LeBron had 52, 9, and 11. And the Friday game, the Celtics just completely crushed us. And it was like, how could you call this dream week? This mm-hmm. is hell week. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking like, this, like, what is going on here? Um, so that was under the James Dolan regime. And now somebody, and you know something? I actually read an interview that he actually said that, like, you know what? He's hands off because honestly, he got tired of being blamed for the issues of the team. Mm-hmm. And he realized at some point he realized, okay, I don't, I can't do this anymore. Let me bring in people who, who can and let, let them do their thing. Now, I always say his biggest issue was that he hired the wrong people mm-hmm. and he's very loyal and he depended on the wrong people. So whether it's, and I'm, I'm going to start from the, I mean, I, I'm in the, in the quote unquote hands off era, which I think to me starts with Phil Jackson and Phil, the Phil Jackson era was left things to be desired. Let's put it that way. Um, the way he handled the Carmelo situation, front office, man, he was should nice. never taken a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when and then when Phil was left the club, left the team, he let Steve Mills run the place, and he like he said he let Steve Mills do his thing, but Steve Mills was absolutely horrendous. Um, but now we have Leon Rose, and he looked at he he looked at the Golden State model, said, "Okay, let me get somebody." Now people will also say that you know. You know, Leon Rose is CA and he's been in bed of CEA and now CEA is gonna just gonna run the place and get his players in. But um I say all that to say the issues facing the Knicks, what whatever issues they're facing now, it's not because of James Dolan. Um anytime anyone brings up, oh, it's because Dolan is this, then the third, I'm like, tomato, tomato, you're not paying attention, you're just being lazy and you're just um um, you know. Just, you know, Knicks for clicks and all that good stuff. But the the chairman of the Master Square Garden Company or Master Square Garden Sports has hired somebody. Uh, and while he would rather, and he even said it in the interview that he gave um, recently, that he would rather the team be good and not tank and, you know, like team be incrementally better. He has let people do their thing. He has let Leon Rose do his thing. He's let Leon Rose bring in, uh, bring in front office people. He went and brought in Walt Perrin from the Jazz. He went and he brought in, and I'm comes t- skipping at the front office, but he brought in Walt, Walt Perrin from the That's Jazz. Um, he brought in um, 
why am I blanking on his name? Brock Aller from the Cavs, who's arguably one of the best cap guys in the league. Um, he brought in Tom Thibodeau, and Lord knows the discourse on Tom Thibodeau is, you know, split mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to say the mm-hmm. least. But he brought in, like, he's been able to bring in his own people. He's been able to. James Dolan has allowed him to use his resources um, to bring in the best people, hire and 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 build a front office, and 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 has put together a vision. And I always find it funny when people say they the Knicks have. People were saying even Knicks fans like 2020, 2021, Knicks have no plan and no direction. I'm like, no, the plan and direction is very, very clear if you've been paying attention. And mm-hmm. no, they don't have to have a press conference to do it. But we'll get to that when we dive into the front office. But listen, I we am not... the front office. We can go there. Those okay. are the next, um, um, series of questions. Is this be is this visual also or is just audio? Audio. Okay, good. I can just like all right. I'm not vi- just... I'm not visual yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. But um, the I'm not worried about the I'm not worried about James Dolan as owner of the team. And I would even go so far as to say, and I always believe this for years, even though, like I said, he's made some mind boggling decisions. James Dolan will wants to win. Now, the way he went about it stunk. But mm-hmm. he wants to win, and mm-hmm. he will spare no expense to do it. And I think if you have a team owner that has dope, if he wants to win, and he's willing to spend to do it, you're in a good place. Because yeah. there are many other owners, including team owners and very large cities that do not really care about winning and will not spend. And I'm glad that we are not run by that person. So um, That's good. let's yeah. move on to the front office. You guys just, you know, I know Leon Rose, the president of basketball operations. Mm-hmm. You guys just, it seems like you just lost your GM. Was that a big loss for your front office or it doesn't, how? Um, I think, so you're referring to Scott Perry, who yeah. um, uh, at the end of the season parted ways. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the writing was on the wall from the longest. I think that um, because Scott Perry was basically the only holdover from the previous administration. Okay. Okay. And I believe that Scott Perry stayed on as GM because it's more of a transitionary role. Yeah. Um, it's well known that Leon has a, I mean, not just him, but most people, you know, they have a, not a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but, but they want a lot of people to, he takes input from different people and then makes a decision. So I think for him, Leon Rose being a, a, a brand new, first time executive who never done a job before, leaning on scott perry for you know advice and guidance um scott perry is very well connected around the league but honestly when we brought in gerson rosas as a consultant um a right i would say like a week before the trade deadline in Mm -hmm. 2022 I always felt like, okay, Gerson will be, Gerson Rosas, former um, GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves, that he'll probably be the next uh, general manager of the New York Knicks. How do you feel about that? I think it's fine. I mean, the what happened in Minnesota, um, the reports of, you know, him having an extra matter affair with a, with a, with a, with a staff, mm-hmm. with a staff mm-hmm. member. And then apparently he, they, I had heard that the uh, the environment was very toxic, 
Yeah. It was a toxic workplace environment, but he's not running the he's not running basketball operations. Leon Rose. That, is. Leon Rose is that's true. Leon Rose. Yeah. So as long as he'll be kept in charge, reasonable check. Yeah. 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 So um like I said, the front office, so like I said earlier, um people say they have no direction and they have no they mm-hmm. have no plan. I'm like, no. It was clear after a year that they had a clear plan and it was a three-pronged approach. It was be competitive, mm-hmm. accumulate assets, trade for a star. They have been competitive. Their worst season is a 37-45 season. Um, Lord knows I've seen way worse than that over the years. Um, the asset assets they've acquired, they have uh I think now it's 20. They have I think still 22. Oh uh, no, it's 21. They probably have 20. They have at least they have at least 20. Basically, going into this past season, they had 22 uh, draft picks over the next seven years, 11 first, 11 seconds. One of them was traded in a Josh Hart deal, so that's 10. Um, and I think they took, I don't remember who they took in the second round. So, But they have a lot of draft capital, a lot of good young players on manageable contracts. Josh, Josh Hart just signed for an extension, which originally was reported as four years, $81 million. But that's the max. But yeah. it's also, it actually came out to, it's actually just was released today. We're recording this on Thursday, um, the 10th, that it's, uh, there's a team option in the fourth year. So it's three years, 58 oh, million. Years. Yeah, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. Listen, he's, mm-hmm. the, the worst contract we may have signed in the Leon Rose regime is probably the Evan Fournier deal. And that's an expiring salary this year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they are, they have, a they have the Knicks, the front office has in three seasons, three full seasons, have turned this team from rudderless, no hope, no direction, not going anywhere to a competitive team that is good, that is positioned, very well positioned to trade for a superstar when he becomes available. Um, so I like the direction they're going. I I like what we've what we've been doing, and I know that we'll continue to move in that direction. There's one player, and we'll get to them in a second, that I think, and I think this will cause the most angst about the Knicks fans when they when they you know poo poo the front office. They're like, we need a star, to, we need a true superstar to win. We don't have mm-hmm. one, and the guy that takes the most shots ain't right now ain't gonna get us there. And yes, that is Julius Randle. Yeah. Um, and I understand but Julius Randle can also be very. I can see. I see that he's toxic in the Knicks fan base, but he can also be very effective on the floor and be mm-hmm. have really good. That's the thing is you have a really good series of games, and then the next few games he's. Or the very next game, he's the complete opposite. That has to be frustrating for Phoenix fans to see that he's just not consistent. Yeah, um, I would say, I would say, I wouldn't say call him toxic. I would call him polarizing. I mean, among I don't mean like yeah, I know, I know, I know what you mean. But even among the the yeah, yeah, but even among the Knicks fan base, I don't think it's toxic as much as like there are other things that are toxic. But I think he's polarizing because he has. As much as as many detractors he has, he has a lot of supporters. <laughs> Excuse me, more than most people think. Um, and but to your point, 
the only reason why I say he's polarizing because sometimes he looks great. Like we always talk about, like, are we getting good Julius or are we getting bad Julius? Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. can tell mm -hmm. really quickly if you're getting bad Julius. And you know, but when you get good Julius, he's really, really good. So, um, but with that being said, the front office, I have full faith in the front office. This is the best front office we've had this century. It's arguably the best front office we've had since uh, in my basketball watching life. And I've been watching this team since 1992. So I don't have a problem with them. Have they had missteps? Yes. So does every fan, but every front office group. Listen, I just saw the Golden State Warriors trade the number two pick in the draft two years later for a second rounder. So even the, even if, even the best of the best have their hiccups, but I think we're moving in the right direction. That's good. That's good. Um, what do you think about World Wide West? I keep hearing that <laughs> he's, you know, like, I hear mixed things. Oh, he's using his expense account, you know, like, or what What do you think about his contribution to the front office? I know he's very I, connected, but. Yeah, I think he's there for vibes. Um, I think he's, and his connections. Uh, um, I think there was actually a point where they were considering not hiring Leon Rose in the official capacity of the team. So that way he could just go and tamper. And and I I, I feel as if the league was like, no, 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 no. This dude needs to be hired mm -hmm. so he can mm -hmm. be follow the rules of the league. Um, like I said, connections, you know, the CA connection, the Kentucky connection. Um, you know, there's a story about how he was a driving force behind a team um, drafting Emmanuel quickly, like in the draft room that night. He's just like quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, so shout out to him for that because we got a steal at the 25th pick. Yes, yes. But he's listen. He's there. He's there for vibes, and yeah, he's there for vibes. Um, I don't think. I, I think he has input. I think Leon Rose. Values his opinion, yeah. But I don't think he—he's not on the road scouting. <laughs> you know, he's not in Utah checking out who the next game. He's not going to be. At, he's not going to be at the combine. You know, looking up is this kid from Missouri any good? Uh, he's there for vibes, and that's fine. He's there for vibes, and and okay, Emmanuel quickly. This is his last year on his deal. It looks like next year he'll be one of those people out there looking for a new deal. Let's look at the roster now. We come mm -hmm. to the we come to the, the fun part. Looking <laughs> at looking at the roster. Like you already mentioned, um uh, I love Josh Hart. I've been a Josh Hart fan since he's entered the league. I think he you know he's a really good role player. He plays his role mm -hmm. um young um so we we talked about a few minutes ago that his contract, you know, like is three years like the guaranteed part is three years 50 58 million you said yep so um you should be pretty pleased with that pickup so let's talk about how josh hart fits within the knicks and then you can move on and talk about dante DiVincenzo. i mean that's a that was a really really good pickup another full of nova y'all can't have the other one you know like that one. <laughs> we need him and we desperately need him in brooklyn so but um you know you guys got a nice you know you guys got a nice setup so i wanted you to talk about just your, your squad uh so josh hart he is so championship teams have guys like josh hart mm -hmm. guys who are like glue guys yep. like you said learn yep. to do the dirty work mm -hmm. rebound defend 
I want his I want his shooting to improve. Um, he when he got to the Knicks, he actually was like literally shooting like over fifty percent from three, like for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times where he was not shooting. Um, there's uh, Cedric Sean, who you know, yeah, uh, my partner from Live from the Mecca. Yeah, I uh, will always tell you the story about Game Two of the playoff series against the Heat. And the Heat had, by this time, the Heat had basically sold out to say, like, we're leaving, all you can have all the threes you want, we're leaving you open. And I would see Josh Hart get the ball behind the top of the key or the corner, whatever, not shoot. And I started screaming, like, Mm -hmm. I I started, I was like, this is not a Josh Hart series. And he's like, yes, it is. And then we're going back and forth. I'm yelling. I'm like, he won't shoot. He won't shoot. So if he can hit, if he can just be consistent, league average three-point shooter and take them when he's open that we got a freaking steal um Dante DiVincenzo it's been the worst kept secret in New York that Knicks have lacked for shooting yeah um needed that really good pickup good pickup plays defense plays Mm -hmm. defense as well Mm -hmm. um I my only concern so my my two concerns of the two Nova boys are this when it comes to Dante Someone told me this. I forget who it was. But last year, I think like over 40% of his three-point shots were wide open. Like mm-hmm. wide open. Well, and we know, and we know why. Used, yeah, yeah. And well, guess what? The reason why don't play here. So right. so it'll be interesting to see how that, like if he, he can shoot as well, because teams are going to, teams are, if he's like the only threat, out there on the floor at any given time, they'll be like, okay, you're not gonna there, there's not gonna be a defender more than six feet away from you. And with but, Josh but would Hart- it help with um but would it help that this would actually can help Evan Forney you know Evan Fournier. Like I know he fell out of rotation <laughs> a little like, no I'm serious like if you have Dante DiVincenzo I always mess up his last name Dante mm-hmm. and DiVincenzo yeah yeah and then what if some like you know like what if you know coach tries them in the lineup it could actually help space the floor no like you don't think so in theory it will space the floor in practice you are never you are never going to you are probably never going to see evan fournier play for the new york knicks ever again well, if he's not traded, he'll just be he'll just be on the. He's roster gonna be. I honestly, I wouldn't surprise me if they told him just like, go stay home, stay home. Um, oh, and I say okay. that. Okay, I, I was thinking maybe they do want to. You know, maybe if he catch some heat, he can be traded. That's all. I'm. That's all I was. Not stay on the roster. Yes. I mean, play him to get him traded, and mm-hmm. then you know, get him get it and get another shooter. You know, yeah. like I think with Dante, is key because if if Barrett isn't hitting if Barrett is going to a slump because he goes mm-hmm. to a slump sometimes and you have Julius Randle you know like um he could be hitting but I just mm-hmm. think that with spacing he does need spacing to me so I just that's one thing with with him um that I that's understandable about. um by the way I just found that Dante DiVincenzo took 215 threes with a defender six feet as wide open, which is the NBA says is defender six plus feet away. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, 
And like I said, that's not necessarily going to be the case. Yeah. But yep. whatever. That's um, why I'm talking about. That's why I mentioned the spacing because yeah, something. <laughs> and, and then as for Josh Hart, the thing that my concern about Josh Hart is that Josh Hart is a type of player that player that coaches love. And a guy like Tom Thibodeau really loves him. So now it's automatically penciled in that Josh Hart basically closes every game. And sometimes, even no matter how well he's playing or how not well he's playing, it's like, nope, Josh Hart has to be on the floor. It's like, yeah. and I call it most favorite that's nation a, status. That's, that's, a, that's, that's, you know. So, like, so basically what happens is there's basically, so, so if you think about it, crunch time, Jalen Brunson is going to be on the floor. Julius Randle is going to be on the floor. And a center is going to be on the floor mm -hmm. because, you know, 48 minutes of rim protection, Tom Thibodeau. So that means you have three spots available for Josh Hart, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, Dante DiVincenzo. Now, let's say DiVincenzo, he's a bench guy, right? So now you have four spots available for two of them. And if there's... If Josh Hart is one of them, that's one spot for R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, or Emmanuel Quickly. Now, I know your listeners who are not Knicks fans are probably saying to themselves, who the hell cares? It's R.J. Barrett and it's Emmanuel Quickly and it's Quentin Grimes. To you, I would say, they are... Emmanuel Quickly is a really, really good basketball player. Quentin Grimes is young. Yeah. He's on to come up. So and he'll be on the contract year when, yes. when you know he'll he'll be uh hungry. So I will be I will be curious to see if Josh Hart is automatically closing or if as Tibbs has been wont to do sometimes, like he'll go off the hot hand. So like if RJ's killing it and if RJ's killing it and Amanda Cookie's killing it, then maybe Josh Hart doesn't start. I mean he doesn't close the game, but so that's so that's my take on those two guys. What about Hartenstein? How do you feel about him? So Isaiah Hartenstein went from the what we it's call the last it the year Alfred for him pick. as well. Like yeah. He yeah. So he's arguably the best backup center in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually think I rule like I think Tom Thibodeau needs to get more out of him because there's so much part like he's he's a really good passer. We don't use that skill set enough. He's had a rough start to the season. It turns out he had a sore Achilles, so he really struggled the first couple months. Really came on. Um, there was a game against the Lakers where uh, Anthony Davis was just taking uh, Mitchell Robinson to, to, to lunch at school, and um, iHeart came in and I'm not gonna say shut him down, but played guard again really, really well. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen because, like, so he can't be extended, so he's gonna be a free agent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would like to see him back, but he may be able to get this, me may be able to get may be able to start somewhere else. So he may be able to start somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And Emmanuel quickly, do you have any concerns with him being over eager with this being a contract year? Do you think, you know, um how do you feel about him next season, his aggressiveness, his um his play, like I, I like Emmanuel quickly. I, I love his upside. Mm -hmm. I, I really, really like him as a player. But this is, I'm looking at your contracts. Um, you guys are below the luxury. You, you guys are below the second apron. So you have mm -hmm. room for your mid-level you know, mid exception this year, I believe. 
Um, Actually, we get, Dante uh, signed him to the mid level. So oh, Dante is, signed to the mid level. So yeah. yeah. Um, so so quickly, like yeah, like what are your concerns about being able to retain him? You got three high level salaries here. Like, what are your thoughts? I believe a consolidation, and we've said this for the longest. I believe a consolidation trade is coming. I do too. And I think it's gonna be a few big ones. And okay, so here's why I'm saying I believe that Emmanuel I believe Emmanuel Cook will be extended before the season starts. And I as much as this pains me, I believe that excuse me, I believe that um one of either Emmanuel Quickly or RJ Barrett will not be a next season, not this upcoming season, but the 24-25 season. I agree. Um because if and when the star trade happens, there will be a consolidation and one of them is going to go. Emmanuel Quickly was our third best player last year. Uh, he did not do as well in the playoffs. Maybe he was pressing too hard or mm -hmm, things like mm -hmm, that. And mm -hmm. then, you know, he got injured. Thanks, Bam, out of bio. But he's like all the advanced metrics, like when he's on the floor, good things happen on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. He's not necessarily the best point of attack defender, but help defender, knowing where to mm -hmm. be, plastic lanes, like he's so good. Um, so I I think this year, now he had an interview last year where he says, you know, he wants to start. And as long as Jalen Brunson's here, he ain't gonna start. Um, right. The, but I would say, I'm gonna shout out to my, uh, my man, Mensa Smith, who said this on, uh, on a Knicks Film School pod that like, he said that like, you know, he hopes Quentin Grimes has really good health because if Quentin Grimes were to get injured and Emmanuel That was Quickly, a big thing last year. I kept yeah. hearing Quentin Grimes, Quentin Grimes. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if Quentin Grimes got injured and Emmanuel Quickly was a starting shooting guard for extended period of time, he may not, Quentin Grimes may not get his job back because even though Emmanuel Quickly is, 6'3", I believe he's listed as. Yeah, where is it? He's listed as 6'3". He has a 6'8 wingspan. I said, spoke about his defense. Clearly, the three-point shooting is there. There's a really, really good player in there. And if you're going to trade him, you trade him after. You trade him. You extend him. You extend him on a good number. And then you... And then if you explore trade, explore trade. That makes sense. Because I, I honestly think, you know, the Knicks are in market you know, a prime market for a star. I think you guys have built up your roster enough that it will attract mm -hmm. a star um, to come there. Mm -hmm. um, so before, you know, like before we go to who you would like to see, let's talk about Jalen Brunson. Let's sing his praises. And I think he was overlooked for the All-Star game. Um, and um, did he make a, did he make an All-NBA team? He did not make it all NBA team. Um, I think he's one of those players that, you know, he should have gotten something, you know, like, so <laughs> let's talk about, let's sing the praises of Jalen Brunson. Jalen, you know, what's funny. They said for years that Knicks, no one wants to go to the Knicks. The Knicks can't attract stars. They can't. The Knicks, the Knicks attracted a star. And the pushback I get, even from Knicks fans, they were like, it's just because his uncle, it's because his godfather, 
excuse me. It's just because his godfather is the team president. And I always, and my pushback to that is, listen, if it were that easy to sign star players by just hiring their um their relatives, then mm-hmm. anyone could do it. Like, I have an idea. How about we just hire Luka Doncic's um aunt and yeah. make her and make her head of security? Or one of the Jokic, one of the Jokic brothers. Yeah, let's yes, let the, <laughs> yeah, let's make the Jokic brothers head of security. Yeah, let's hire yeah. Yon, let's hire Luka Doncic's aunt and make her a head of PR. Let's mm-hmm. go find mm-hmm. let's go find Luka's dad and make him you know whatever head chef. And if it's just that easy, like no, the. Because the Mavericks felt that loss. I think the Mavericks made a huge mistake with Jalen Brunson. Um, just, even though I love, you know, I love Kyrie. Um, your your favorite tween tween. Your favorite tween tween. Tween tween has a tween step back. <laughs> but I think that Jalen Brunson was the perfect fit with Luca. They were, and they're still friends. Um, they still have a good relationship. But hey, he's 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 doing his thing as a Nick. Um, you got him locked in through well two more seasons, and then the third, 25, 26 is it's a you know he's going to decline that to go for the go for another contract. Then that's the same year. Julius Randle is probably going to get traded for then. Maybe um, we'll see what happens there. Um, anything else you want to say on Julius Randle, and you can keep you can talk about Bronson a little more. Um, get to the coaching at some point. In terms of Brunson, like I said, listen, you need two stars. The Knicks got one, and mm-hmm. then the Knicks signed him for free away from Dallas. Yeah, and um, and God bless, God bless the Dallas Mavericks. Um, mm-hmm. listen, they listen, it works for Dirk Nowitzki. Um, mm-hmm. the 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 how we would view that franchise would be far different, but I digress. Um, we have a star, people think he can get better next year. I mean, I don't know how. I think that'll be asking a lot. I think, but I do think next year will be because you know there's always discussions well, about last who's year better. Was the first year with these guys. I mean, next yes. year he'll exactly. at least have some. That's what I was thinking. Like he'll have more from you know, like he'll be more familiar with them, and mm-hmm. it could be a better year for him. And it'll be better team around him, and yep. you know, like it, it. I think next year will be like the. Wow, Jalen Brunson All Star, Jalen Brunson All NBA conversation, yeah. All mm-hmm. NBA conversation. Yeah. Um, the, I, you know, the, the the Hawks fans like to say that he trades clear of him, and the 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 the, the Halley Hive wants to talk about Halliburton. I'm like, listen, man, Jalen Brunson gonna show y'all something this year. As for Julius Randle, so my take on Julius Randle is, okay, I mean, it's not, it's not, a, it's it's not reporting anything that. He's not the best player on a championship team. Um, I actually think Julius Randle is better as a six man than like a number three option or number two option because he sees himself as you know that dude. So I, I exactly, but that's why I say. Like when they talk about like the next trade for a star, then it's gonna be like Brunson, Randall, and insert star here. I'm like, you know, when they when, like someone has to be Chris Bosch, mm-hmm. someone has to be mm-hmm. Kevin Love, and yeah. I do not think Julius Randall is gonna be. First, he's not a good enough three point shooter to just sit in the corner. 
And no. I don't think he's going to be happy with that role. Like, he, that's, mm-hmm. the reason I say he's better than a six-man because that guy against bench units where he has all the usage will is way more productive than being a guy just standing in a corner who is also not that great on the defensive end also. So I you said you think Jewish Ren will be traded. I have always said I think he goes in a I, star I think trade. He, I think only if it's like a star. If it's yeah, a star he goes in a star he'll trade. Be, it, I think it's, it has to be a star trade. Yes. I'm not saying oh he's trade bait for no. Oh, it no. has to be a star trade. I always make the joke that uh the front office never ever has a reason to trade Julius Randle because when Julius Randle's bad, it's like, we can't trade Julius Randle. His value is at its lowest. We need to rehab his value. And when he's really good, it's like, we can't trade Julius Randle. Look how good he yeah. is. It's like, so yeah. when are you going to trade Julius Randle? But like you said, he's going to go on a star trade. He's going to go on a star trade. What, I'm, before we move on to coaching, what is your, I mean, Mitchell Robinson um, is your center. And also, mm-hmm. can you speak to how you feel about Jericho Sims. I'm just curious. Um, Jericho Sims is an NBA player. I mean, we drafted him 58th. So the fact that we found an NBA player in the mm-hmm. 58th in the dra- pick in the draft, again, speaks to the how well the front office is doing. I think his ceiling is a career backup, and which is fine. But, mm-hmm. like, the kid has bounce. The kid has legs, you know. But like, you know, he'll get a rebound. And like, so if Mitchell Robinson gets a rebound, uh, so they actually teach the centers. Um, if you get an offensive rebound, look to the, look out, look out um to the three-point line, see if anyone is open. So he'll do that. But if, if he gets a rebound, it's going back up. Jericho Sims get a rebound and he's meet like he could be under the basket. There's a six foot nine guy in front of him, and he's just like so. He has to do better on pick and roll defense, you know. But you know, he's he's like I said, he's a back, he's an NBA player. We took him fifty eight. Um, right, Mitchell right, Robinson right, and, right. And, and Mitchell Robinson. I mean, this season he was just, this was his best season. He yeah, he, he was. Just, yeah, he yeah. killed the Cavs in the playoffs. But then again, he was neutralized against the he was neutralized against the Heat in the playoffs. Um, there's no offensive anything whatsoever. He's not even that great in pick and roll. So it makes team building hard. I, there was actually people, myself included, I thought there was a good chance that I, Isaiah Harnstein will be the starting center by the end of the year. But Mitchell Robinson, like offensive rebound machine, rim protector, you know, like he's I mean, like really good season. So we'll see how he does next season. Um, is there anyone on the roster that you want to point out that we haven't discussed uh i would like to take three minutes not even three minutes i like to take 90 seconds to discuss ron alexander barrett jr okay uh known as rj um, mm-hmm. <laughs> rj barrett was the prince that was promised mm-hmm. he was also the consolation prize of the zion jaw sweepstakes um he there was a point in time where someone on the Knicks Film School uh, podcast, after game two of the Cavs series, referred to him as matching salary, as in that's what he'd be in a trade. That's always good for. And then it's like the light bulbs went off and he had a really good stretch from game three of the Cavs series to about game five of the Heat series. 
Mm-hmm. I think he shot like 55% or something from the field. Like he was really good. Um, I, as I said earlier, I feel like one of the, either one of those two guys between RJ and Cliff are going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it's going to suck either way, but like I so want RJ Barrett to succeed, especially since he gets a lot of crap from non-Knicks fans. And as he gets a lot of crap from some Knicks fans, but there's a lot of crap from non-Knicks fans who say he's not good. He's terrible. And listen, RJ's brought a, a lot of it on himself. Con- he's on a big contract too. So. Yeah, but he's on a manageable contract, and he's like it and, is and, manageable. And and, and, these, and, and, and yeah. these people who think that twenty million dollars is sitting now as it is as it was when Amari Stoudemire signed, it's like nah. But saying, no. he hopefully like he shows just enough that you're like all right. This year, like so, I want to see the. I would love to see the leap from this guy this year. And to make it like, at the very least, make it difficult for the front office to trade him. I feel you on that. Um, I would love to see that for RJ Barrett and and, and uh, Nets fans. Yes, I mean, this just popped up in my head. Um, I'm not one of those Nets fans that hates the Knicks. I detest some Knicks fans. Sean is one of the good ones. Um, I detest I, some Knicks fans too. So I'm. With I you. had a you know Knicks fans. Not all Knicks fans, the obnoxious ones, the, um, but not the team. I don't like. I'm a Josh Hart fan. I, I like Jalen Brunson. I do watch some of their games, but Nets world. <laughs> um, you're the coaches. Um, some of the Knicks fans that I follow were hoping that there would be a coaching change. <laughs> you know, to get somebody more progressive in there as a coach with this team. Um, didn't happen. You still had the same coach. What are, what are your? He's set in his ways. That's the only thing with him. When you have a coach of that's been doing it for as long as he has, he's pretty set in his ways. But what do you want to say about your coaching staff? Any changes you you think is realistic that you want to see? So, I think. This upcoming season will be his last full season with the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think the star trade is coming either this season or in next offseason. Yeah. And once that happens, the clock once you bring in the superstar, the clock starts ticking. And if things don't go well, he's gonna be a scapegoat. Um he was actually James Dolan actually gave told Leon Rose during the 22 season the bounce back the you know after you know that season from quote unquote hell it's like listen you're gonna fire him if you want to you go ahead I don't care but Leon stuck with him um I say this all the time Tom Thibodeau is a good coach he is not a great coach he is not a terrible coach he's a good coach Mm-hmm. And you can win championships with good coaches. Not every coach who wins a championship is like Pat Riley, Red Auerbach, or Steve Kerr, what have you. Um, I feel like Spolster really took the heat as far as, you know, he could take them that bunch. But yes. I, like, I really um, like Spolster. I would say the most, for me, and for many other Knicks fans, the most frustrating part about Tom Thibodeau is that he is set in his ways because it's not as if he cannot be progressive and adapt. He yeah. just doesn't want to, unless 
he is backed into a corner mm -hmm. and he has exhausted all their options. We have mm -hmm. a saying um, at Nick's Film School, um, rent due tips is better than rent paid tips. Because uh, when the rent is due, he's going to hustle and scratch and claw. I mean, listen, mm -hmm. he was, listen, December 3rd. Was it December 3rd? I believe it was December 3rd. December 3rd. I'm going to look this up right now. I believe it was December. Yes, December 3rd, 2022. The Knicks lost to the Mavs at the Garden, 121-100. It looked like they let go of the rope. The Mavs scored 41 points in the third quarter. And coming into town the next day was the Cleveland Cavaliers, Donovan Mitchell. And everybody at this point, they're 10, they're, they're at this point, they're 10 and 13. Everybody thought that mm -hmm. was it. Everyone thought that was it. And what does he do? He benches Evan Fournier, which people have been calling for for the longest. He benches Derrick Rose, which no one ever saw, saw coming. He was like, oh, he'll never bench Derrick Rose. Puts Miles McBride in. He got took Cam Reddish out the lineup. He put mm -hmm. Miles McBride in the lineup. He went to a nine-man rotation. And, he, and, and they won the game. And there was a game, uh, I would say, there was a game like a, maybe like a few weeks before where there's something that we'd always been climbing for was to play Obi Toppin and, and, and Julius Ram together. And he refused to do it because neither of them are good rim protectors. But there was a game against the Sixers where he did it. And we we're like, who is this guy? But he knew that it was going to mm -hmm. be his ass. So mm -hmm. he can be progressive. He can be flexible. He can change things. But he wants to win. He wants to win his way. And ultimately, I feel like that's going to get him ultimately like out of a job. Um, but like I said, he's a good coach. He's not great. Not terrible. And you can win with good coaches. But I don't see him. I mean, he's also an old man. I mean, he's 64 years old. Yeah. Um, so 65. He just he turns 66 next January. So um, I think I don't think he'll be fired, but I think he'll be like they'll move into his like, find a position from the front office. Um, but yeah, he's he you want to talk about polarizing. He is him and him and Julius, they're 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 lightning rods. Um now as we look at um as we look back and you said you've been watching the Knicks since 1992 first of all before we go there what if you know wild guess how many what range of wins do you see the Knicks in next season I think between the healthy range a healthy range yeah 45 to 50 okay I'd be I 50 is a stretch I'd be shocked if they won 50 well, it depends on how things fall, who's good, whatever. But I think this team is a really good regular season team. And I think they will win 45. I think they're going to win like around 45-ish, 47, 48. I can see them winning 48 again. So, like, I think I think they're solidly a top six team in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Okay. As you look back at your favorite Knicks team, um, you've been watching since 92. Mm -hmm. So you've been watching since the 90s, Knicks. Yes. Um, so what? what is your favorite team and why? Which year? My favorite Knicks team. Uh, I would say 
it probably is so my favorite nick of all time until recently was Derek harper and he was on that 94 team that made the finals mm-hmm. um and i think you know obviously like me i was so i was 13 when we made the finals and you know like him and starks and anthony mason charles oakley john starks yeah everyone loved john starks all the girls loved john starks when i was in high school oh john starks but Mm -hmm. no shout out to him anthony mason um like uh who am i obviously patrick ewing um rolando blackman you know that team was special you know i i tell people i say it like Game six against the Rockets in 94, John Starks puts that shot up, that puts up that three that mm-hmm. Akeem Olajuwon gets a fingernail on to block it. And I say, for one half of one second, I thought the Knicks were world champions. Mm-hmm. For one half. Of, and listen, mm-hmm. a lot of people can't say that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and obviously we lost game six. We lost game seven. And if you had told me that's the closest I would have come to uh, winning a title, I wouldn't have believed you. When it comes to favorite, I, the 99 team, I think, is my favorite because that team came out of no freaking where to make the finals. Um, first AC to make the finals. Uh, we were the only AC to make the finals to the stinking heat this year. Um only AC to sweep a to sweep a playoff series against the Atlanta Hawks, haha. But like that team of Allen Houston, Sprewell, uh, Ewing, Larry Johnson, the 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 Larry Johnson four point play is my favorite play of my Knicks watching life. Um, so I love that team because it was just so much fun. Like beating the Heat, who we hated, sweeping the Hawks, no one cared about. Beating the Pacers, who we hated, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. by the time we got to the finals. Half our team's injured, and there goes Tim Duncan. Um, close second, the twenty the twenty twelve twenty thirteen Knicks were oh, okay. really fun. They were division like, title one. They won the division. They won fifty four mm-hmm. games. They were number mm-hmm. two seed, and that was again that was another team that came out of nowhere. And it was and that team that there are two Knicks teams that have have had a that people do not realize have had an undue uh, oversized influence on the league the 90s the 90s Knicks with Riley in the defense and it, it honestly the funny thing is that those 90s Knicks teams is what helped spur the changes in the rule that you see now um and mm-hmm. made it like the game less physical you know more yeah. flagrant house whatever that 2012-13 Knicks team which is coached by Mike Woodson, who took over from Mike D'Antoni, but was running D'Antoni's principles. Yeah. Spread him out, bomb away from three. <coughs> you had your guy in Melo could score, mm-hmm. but like that team was so fun to watch. And yes, that was the seven seconds of Suns Us was seven seconds or Suns, seven seconds or less Suns team. You know, was up and down, up and down, up and down. But that Knicks team, I believe they set the record for threes at the end of the season. That Knicks team that just put up an ungodly amount of threes. Now you see all the three point shooting now. That team, Steve Novak in the corner with the discount mm-hmm. double check. Mm-hmm. Um, the vest that we brought, the vest that we brought in, Jason Kidd, 
uh, Rasheed Wallace. I always say if Rasheed Wallace didn't get hurt, maybe things would have been different. Uh, Tyson Chandler was Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Tyson Mello, Chandler to me is underrated as a. He pro. is. Yeah. And Melo was a Melo was a he was finished third MVP that year, but it was so fun to watch that team. It was. Does that, but Carmelo it, Anthony deserve um, to have his jersey retired as a Nick? For me, no. Okay. I think it's going to happen, and I'm not going to lose sleep over it if it happens. But we won one playoff series in six years. Um, but I think that I've and I've also come to realize that like you know we're a little bit older than a lot of people on Twitter, and for a lot of Knicks fans, that 2013 team was the best Knicks team they ever saw, mm-hmm. and it was like led by that fans, guy. It's the kid, it's the kid, um, it's the kid yeah. Knicks. Yeah. So like, if you're if you're if you're born in 1991. Right. If you started watching the Knicks when you were 10 in 2001, mm-hmm. that lost in the first round to the Raptors, and then it was garbage until mm-hmm. 20, until Melo showed up. It's like you look at Melo differently. So I understand. That's that. why I was asking because I I've, sometimes I see things on praising Carmelo Anthony, and I was like, Carmelo Anthony, that's a whole nother day. I'm going to have to do a whole different thing on Carmelo Anthony because. Mm-hmm. With the Nuggets, it's like mixed, you know, how he left that team. And then yes. with the Knicks, you know, he took the money instead of, you know, like he took the money. I yeah. mean, you know, like, so, yeah, with him, it's interesting because sometimes when players retire, it's like, you know, um, like, I, that's why I think Paul Pierce is going through. He's going through this <laughs> catharsis where he, I, he was a good player. But yes. he sees himself as greater than. Well, I mean, those Celtics, those always Celtics. Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, but I, Carmelo was good. He was really, he was really, really a good player. Um, but he had some, he had polar his relationships with team, the teams he played on. I don't know. I don't think they ended on the greatest note. I agree. Um, I'll, I'll say this: um, the number fifteen in Denver should be retired twice. And we'll just leave it at that. Yep, I agree. Um, well, we have um, come to the end of the New York Knicks um, off-season episode. I thank you for your time tonight, Sean. I, I appreciate you, you can me. find him on Twitter, Sean with a W. Um, Sean for W underscore. Underscore. That, don't forget jack, the underscore. Some, some jackass has Sean for W. I will get it from him one day. One day, uh, yeah. you'll get it from him. And I, I appreciate it. I appreciated this talk and this deep dive. And um, everyone have a good night. I always do that at the end of these and I have to cut it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut this whole section. Um, so anyway, have a good night, Sean. Um, I appreciate you.